to the truth in this art. I am your host, Rob Lee. Um, thanks for thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening in. Today, I have the privilege of being in conversation with the founder and the boss lady of 10th Ward Distilling Company, producer of all kinds of spirits like gin, whiskey, and absinthe, and also canned cocktails. Please welcome Monica Pierce. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I mean, it's always uh, a joy to um, talk to people in the, the booze and the alcohol industry. <laughs> yeah, we're not a dry cleaner, so people are always excited to, you know, know, know what we're up to. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No offense to the dry cleaners out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they keep us starched and pressed. I mean, we got to... <laughs> <laughs> So, um, and, and so I gave that, that, that copy and paste introduction or what have you, but, uh, anything that was missed in there, feel free to, um, kind of introduce those, those bullet points about your background. And, um, and also if you will, could you share with us the, um, that aha moment for you of going into business? Yeah. So, um, 10th Ward actually just turned six this July, which is really exciting. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. Yeah. So I, I started everything, you know, or I started the business with everything I had in my pocket. I had one of those days where I was ready to quit my job. I kind of said, screw it and jumped off the cliff into business ownership. Um, I've always been a big whiskey drinker. I've been in the hospitality and service industry since I was 14. So uh, over 20 years now and um, happened to gain some, a little bit of marketing and branding experience along the way. And that's what helped guide me to that moment where I was just really ready to do my own thing and be my own boss. Yes. Um, and, and I think, you know, having knowledge of, of kind of what you know and what you're interested in, it, it makes you care about it. You're like, I like whiskey. I'm not going to put out something that's whack. I'm not going to put out something that's bad. So it, it, it would make one inclined to like research, understand it a bit better outside of just being a fan of it. And I think taking that risk of, you know, as you say, you just you jumped off. People don't you know use that lightly when you leave. It's like, look, I took the leap. I, you know, it was a leap of faith. I mean, it jumped off a cliff and, you know, it's a lot of different things that can happen at that time. So I, I got this next question. Um, so I read that you started off in uh, conservation biology. So tell me about that. Yeah. So I actually used to be a scientist. That's my, that was my passion. That's what I wanted to pursue. Um, I got my undergrad in environmental science from the University of Maryland and then continued on uh, to focus on natural resource management with a master's at Virginia Tech. But I mostly was specializing in working with endangered species and developing in tropical areas. So I had a pretty cool gig. I was traveling all around the world doing cool stuff and also just, like I said, happened to learn a little bit of marketing and branding experience too, because a lot of the work that we were doing involved you know, some environmental education, marketing for the cause, and really um, branding what the effort was. And so a lot of the corporate marketing principles apply similarly to that. And I was kind of fascinated by what I was able to learn that way. Yeah, it's it's great to be able to have either, some people say transferable, but being able to have stuff that seems like very distant from what you're doing. And it's like, 
for instance, like one would think you have a telecom background. You went to school for this. It's like, I went to school for business and I'm a data analyst by day. Yeah. But I'm able to use some of the strategy and some of the ways that one thinks in that area to apply to how I'm doing this and being intentional and looking at the analytics and being able to get an idea of, all right, I should put more time towards episodes like this, or maybe I should post during these times. And I think it kind of serves me in that way. Has there been anything, you know, you mentioned marketing and some of the branding stuff, but was there anything else that comes to mind that um, you still apply even to this day at um, at 10th Ward? Yeah, actually, another strange facet of what I learned back then was also a strategic planning skill set. So building out timelines, project management, setting the right targets and goals and making decisions based off of the data <laughs> that we've collected or you know previous sales data or customer data, those types of things. And I realized there are a lot of people in my industry that started their business because they wanted to drink with their buddies <laughs> and you know and and never really had a business background like myself. I've learned a lot of lessons too and there are a lot of things that you know I wish I had known before but I don't think in the beginning a lot of people think strategically or make their decisions based off of the data. They just kind of keep chugging along, you know. Yeah, it's like, I know this, I know that I like this, I'm drinking this instead of yeah. having a, a strategy, like you're saying, hanging out with the friends and, you know, being able to try to build out a business from that. A lot of times those things go and just explode. And in doing this, um, I, I've been doing this for 13 years. And when it started, it was kind of hanging out with the friends and connecting in that way. And over like the last two years um, and really like shifting that focus to be even more strategic than I already had been. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, this is what this growth looks like. Now I'm actually scaling or scaling in a way that people describe all the time. And I was like, oh, I just had to do it. I just had to put some attention towards it and some strategy behind it. And you can see it happen too. You can see it grow. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so I read that 10th Ward's uh, company slogan is ward off ordinary. Yeah. Uh, could you share the process of cultivating ideas and letting your imagination run wild? Yeah, you know, it's funny. People ask us all the time about where we get our recipes and our thoughts from. And, you know, ward off ordinary has been really the backbone since the beginning of the mission and the strategy and where, what direction we go in, in regards to creating unconventional products. Um, and it's funny because it really sometimes happens from a mix of things, us sitting around and having a couple of drinks and a genius idea pops into your head, or, you know, you're in the shower and you're like, wow, I never thought that persimmon and chicory would go together in a gin, but we're going to try it. Um, And so then those thoughts also, not just those thoughts guide me. A lot of times we'll even use resources that I've fallen in love with throughout the process. Um, There's a book called The Flavor Bible that many chefs may have heard of. Um, You can search, you know, let's say fennel, for example, and it'll have a list of 50 different ingredients that pair well or complement it. And then you find these exotic items that you've never heard of and you create these really cool recipes that you never thought you would put together. Um, so lots of, there are a lot of different 
methodologies that we've used in being creative. Um, but a lot of it does also just take trial and error. So we have an entire R&D section of the distillery with a mini little test still, um, <laughs> lots of jars and labels and stuff like that. And there's just a lot of tweaking until we get to something that is relatable to a customer, but still interesting and different enough that it's something they've never had before. That's that's great. I, I love hearing that. Um, I find like it's one of the pieces of advice that my partner would tell me and she would just she would say like and I think if you can apply it to food and and the like. But she was just like, you know, buy stuff that you like that kind of always match, that kind of always works out. And mm-hmm. I remember I was sitting here yesterday, and I'm not even kidding you. I was sitting here yesterday, and I, I've been on a vermouth kick recently. Oh, and, and I had um, I interviewed the um, one of the founders of the, uh, the the wine collective here, and he kept telling me how great vermouth is. And I was like, ah, it's fine. And now that's all I drink. So yeah. I, I had some cold brew next to me, and I was just like, let's see if this works. And I happened to type it in while, you know, I'm typing it in and I was just like, I don't care. I'm just going to pour it in there. And I swirled it. And I was like, before I taste this, let me type it in to see if it's a thing. Turns out it is a thing. Oh, <laughs> it's, hey. it's like a coffee Camparo or something. And I was like, oh, my tastes go together very well. <laughs> you know, just stuff that I had sitting right in front of me, just naturally <laughs> go together. Funny. Hadn't tried that before, but now I have to put it on my list. It's very good. And I think the bitterness <laughs> of the coffee knocks down some of the sweetness of the vermouth. Oh, cool. So um, small business owners discover hidden talents. Uh, and, you know, they say, what is it? Uh, necessity is a mother of invention. So what, do you, what what talents do you feel like you've discovered, like, during this process? Six years in, you know, like, I would imagine you, you're you so, suddenly like, yeah, I'm an accountant as well. Or <laughs> you've learned different things through the process. So what is something that comes to mind of a, a new or a hidden talent that it may have been there, you had a natural knack for it, but it really had to come out during this process? Yeah, it's funny that you say that because I actually do now know a lot about accounting before <laughs> than I, like, you know, than I used to. And so I think, you know, COVID taught me a lot of things about, like, and even just small business ownership in general, how to be strategic and scrappy with your money, you know, things like staggering payroll and paying your half of your staff one week, half the other to save on cash flow, or, you know, just different little money saving tips here and there I've figured out. But um, I think one of my favorite skill sets that I've developed since having started the business probably is mixology. Mm -hmm. Um, I started bartending when I was 18 in college, but, you know, I just worked at sports bars and stuff. So I was just opening bottles of Bud Light and pouring Jaeger bombs and that type (laughs) of stuff. I could certainly make a shooter or a martini, but it was never anything that I got really excited about. And now, you know, I feel very comfortable easily coming up with a creative recipe, a fun garnish, a well-balanced drink that has enough citrus bitter sweet spirit to it and so that type of stuff when i have the time i get i get excited about i love hearing that i love hearing that Mm -hmm. and um you know i I, like really you know when i talk to it's like i I love the conversations i have with everyone mostly it's artists culture you know and culinary arts mixology all of that's art to me um there's creativity in it there's an intentionality to it and so on tension might be to get a little bit get a little buzzed but it's there (laughs) and i but i love being able to pick the brain of like folks that are in that industry and i'm like no this is what i do like when i can sit down and talk with a chef who does like french cuisine and i'm like hey what do you want for lunch 
and it's just regular burger and fries. I'm like, wow, you're like, you're just like me. (laughs) (laughs) So I I read that 10th Ward is dedicated to distilling unusual and unconventional spirits. And it also has the unique trait of being a woman owned distillery. So, you know, first unique things. So can you tell us about some of the early experiences in business? Like what was it like maybe that first year or so, but framed in a way that is um, maybe focused towards female founders and CEOs like, you know, that are starting their entrepreneurial journey? Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny because at first I never really thought about it as being a thing until, and and so you're right. It really wasn't until the first year or two where I was like, oh, people are really excited about this being a woman owned distillery. It, it became something that was frequently commented on by customers, you know, we'd be talking, I'd be making a sale and somebody almost 90% of the time would go, oh, that's really cool that you're woman owned. And I started to harp on that and that sort of became a part of the brand. Um, and I, and I think that that's something that a lot of women can learn from is that right now, especially in our time with social media and, um, cultural divides, there are a lot of people looking to support women, minority owned businesses, LGBTQ, anybody that might look different and not have originally been respected in their craft as being an expert in what they do because they typically saw, you know, probably a straight white man in that role, um, at least in my industry. And so, um, like cultivating growth for, um, other types of people was something that was special and fun for me, but also just like bragging about being woman owned and the, the tagline whiskey woman became a fun thing for us. I have it tattooed on my arm now when we turn five last <laughs> nice. year. Yeah. And sometimes we'll put it on t-shirts and stuff. And I realize even just like having that a part of the business has brought people in the door. Um, they, they see that advertisement on our label. It helps them make the decision that they're going to purchase that over something else. Yeah. Um, yeah, it helps with SEO. So if somebody's searching for women-owned businesses in Frederick on Google, you know, we'll be one of the first ones to come up because we put it all over our website. So there are a lot of aspects of that that, you know, I didn't realize would help me leverage what we do. And now we use it a lot. Mm. That's that's great. And um, yeah, and I, I must comment on um, that's a really big piece of it. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to reach out and, and do this interview, because I was like, no, this is a unique story. I was like, I'm a person who partakes of the whiskey and partakes of, yeah. you know, fine, fine wine and spirits, as it were. But um, seeing that as a extra bullet point, I was like, no, I want to support that, especially because it's local as well. And yeah. The other cool thing about it, I dig your branding. Like the, you know, the branding really much, it it pops, the label pops. And yeah, you know, I'm a person that I'll go to our liquor store. I'll go to a liquor store near me and I'll be in there for 20 minutes just looking for beer and leave with the same beer I always do. But I'm looking around, I'm exploring, you know. It's fun. And I'm all about the packaging. I'm all about the consistent brand. Like I always want it to look like it came from the same place, but then look a little different. So it's fun and pops and has its own color and its own um, imagery, you know. Yeah. Um, So I got two more real questions and then I got those rapid fire questions I told you about a little bit earlier. Uh, (laughs) So I I think we, we always in that same vein of kind of advice oriented sort of dialogue. Could you recommend a book or maybe a talk, a TED talk or something that has had a maybe a profound influence on your career and, and how did it influence you? 
Yeah. Am I allowed to say bad words on this podcast? Sure. Why not? Okay. It's like, it's the title of the book. So it's all in context. (laughs) Um, One of my favorite books that I read early on that really helped out a lot. And I'm glad I ended up having read this before COVID is called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Oh, yeah. Um, and you know, I, I don't even think I read through the whole thing. I think the concept was just a lot of reminders of like the things that happen that are out of your control. You can't stress about. And, you know, that happened to me a lot in the beginning. I would be like, um, you know, an ice machine would break down or a forklift or something. And I would think like, okay, I don't have the cash to fix this right now, but we need it to run production. And if we don't run production, then we can't sell things and we can't pay our employees. You know, I would have a lot of those panicky moments and it really would affect my stress levels. And then, you know, I think reading that book, it just kind of clicked for me and it made me realize that I can't change the past. I can't go back in time. So why stress over those things that have happened? Um, instead, just accept it for what it is, yeah. figure out how to fix it and move forward, you know? I own that book. So yes, I, I definitely yeah, get so it. You, yeah, you get it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I think, you know, when you're in a spot, whether it's being an entrepreneur and or whether it's being an artist, when you're doing something that's very much you're working for yourself, it's hard not to get caught. It's hard not to like, all right, this is against me. The universe is against me. And sometimes you just have to let certain things go. And I go back to early on, I'm doing this podcast. I used to do all of the editing for myself and, you know, and I was really good at it to a point, but I would spend maybe twice as long as the recording is to go through and edit it. So I'm cutting out ums, I'm, I'm being perfectionist about it. And I'm like, it's killing the natural flow of the conversation. Ah. It's taken away from what it is. It's taken away that energy or that spirit that's in it. And I was like, yeah, you got to not care about that as much. It's like, make sure you put out a good thing that's representative. And as you talked about with the branding, making sure that that's consistent, making sure the product is good and making sure that it's representative of what you want it to be. But at a point, it's just like, we just got to just let things kind of rock. Uh so producing all kinds of spirits, gin, whiskey, absinthe, we talk about absinthe a little bit, uh, and as well as the canned cocktails, um, what's on the horizon? What's what's coming up? I mean, we're recording this in, in July, but what's coming up on the horizon, let's say, in the next year or so? So the, the fun part about what we do in a way that we can still be creative is that we have uh, two different types of subscription clubs. We have a bottle club, which is a quarterly bottle, and then a monthly canned cocktail club. And each release is brand new. We've never done it before. It's only accessible to club members. And that's when we get to like, you know, that's when my distillers don't get sick of having to make the same thing over and over again. Um, They get the creative juices flowing. We've got a zombie punch coming up Mm. in August, which is our tiki style drink. It's got a house falernum, a couple of different types of rums, pomegranate, pineapple juice, bitters. So that's a fun one. Um, we're going to do a wheat whiskey aged in maple or uh, in barrels that have maple syrup aged in them. That'll be our fall release for the bottle club. Yeah. And so that those are the fun ones because I realize you get a lot of the people who are still coming in. And I think, I think this came from the craft beer scene when just new beers are popping out all the time. So people and like the social media world where they just want to see the new thing and they already forgot about the last post they just looked at. It's the flash in the pan. So I kept getting people asking for the next new thing. And I was like, yeah, but we really want to perfect what we're making, you know, and I want to be consistent with 
the product and market it well and supply the stores with the same thing and not have to keep making something new. And so this is a really good avenue for us to be able to supply that need to our customers, but then still make sure that we're keeping like the standard of quality with our, you know, year round items. Yeah. I mean, you, you're, you were selling the ticket when you were talking about that zombie punch. I was like, well, <laughs> I mean, uh, fuck, I mean, I'm, this is going to go out before August now because I, I <laughs> there you go. now you got to get people to sign up. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so that's kind of the, the wrap up of the real questions. And now I got some okay. rapid fire questions for you. Um, and I'm going to start off with this first one. And, and just for just to preface, don't overthink them. Uh, that's, that's the thing that people do all the time. It's like, well, is that really my favorite movie? Do I like chocolate ice cream? And it's like, it's, <laughs> it's fine. Uh, so for you, what, what do you find more value in? Street smarts or book smarts? Uh, street smarts. I feel like I learn more uh, from doing and by working than I learn from most of my education. Street smarts is undefeated so far. So I'm, I'm liking this. I'm liking the trend here. Um, if you were to write a book, what would it be about? Um, I would love to write a book on um, suggesting tips and tricks for small business owners. I mean, I feel like you already mentioned a few chapters earlier when we were talking. <laughs> uh, what never fails to make you laugh? Oh, <laughs> my friends make fun of me for this all the time. My favorite TV show is Ridiculousness. <laughs> You know, all the like short clips, I don't have to pay attention to it. I can just turn it on whenever and yeah, it'll crack me up all night. <laughs> That's great. Um, what is the kindest thing that someone has done for you recently? Oh man, we, we just, um, I just had a, a full-time employee resign without any notice for a number of reasons. Um, so I've just been on double time lately. It was a full-time manager, you know, which means sometimes 16, 18 hour days with no sleep. So my boyfriend came over and did my laundry, brought me dinner, cleaned my apartment, made sure my normal life responsibilities are back together. So it's nice when you've got a supportive partner who understands that sometimes you're not going to have time for them. That's that's very nice. That's very nice. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I I need someone to come over here and take care of the studio a little bit. That'd be great. <laughs> this green screen is doing wonders. It's helping me out right now. It's just cats around here. It's just all types of nonsense going on. Uh, lastly, um, what is your favorite cocktail to make? I mean, like you have a chance, you know, every now and again, you say, when you have the time, you touched on that a little bit early, what's your favorite cocktail to make? You know, everything is, everything is available Full bar. Everything is available. What's your favorite one to make? I'm all about the old fashioned because it's the perfect way to highlight a delicious spirit. And especially if you're looking for a cocktail, add a teeny bit of you know, sweetness and bitterness to complement that. But I'm all about like being able to taste the base spirit of the drink and enjoy that. Nice. I am yeah. a big fan of old fashions. Um, and they get the cute like uh, ice cubes, right? They always have the yeah. unique ice cube. Yeah. We do the big square guys. Nice. They're cool. They fit the glass perfectly. That's mm -hmm. dope. So mm -hmm. that's pretty much it. That's all of my questions for today. But I want to um, thank you for coming on to this podcast. And I want to invite and encourage you to tell the fine folks where to check you out and 10th Ward Distilling Company. So the floor is yours. Awesome. Yeah. So we're based out of Frederick, Maryland. You're welcome to visit what we call our cocktail lab and tasting room downtown. Um, that's where you can try the full suite of everything and our delicious drinks. 
but we distribute throughout Maryland, DC, and as of July, Virginia ABC stores now, which is really exciting. Um, and lastly, if you are a resident of Maryland and DC, we also ship to those regions. So you can always purchase something delivered right to your house. Um, website is www.10thwarddistilling.com and our Instagram and Facebook handles are at 10th Ward Co. So there you have it, folks. I want to again thank Monica Pierce from 10th Ward Distilling Company for coming on to the podcast. And I'm Rob Lee saying that you should get that like zombie punch situation. You should sign up. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me, Rob. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. This has been great. Thank you.